All right, all right. Good morning, Swerve. How are we doing today? We're doing good. Great, great. As you heard Danny say, my name is Stephen. I am the Connections Pastor here at Swerve Church, and I'm excited to be with you this morning. I'm excited to give us, uh, to start, to kick off a week two of our series, uh, Travel Light. And talking about traveling light, Danny mentioned, man, some of us have been, you know, carrying so many, so much baggage. Um, and for me, the baggage that I've been carrying, I've, I've dropped a lot of weight, but man, it's been tough to keep it off with all the desserts. I'm looking forward to next week, but another three pounds I'm looking forward to gaining again. But uh, man, it's been good. It's been great to be with you guys and to um, just have an extended time of of, of getting together and to worship and to spend time with you. And so thank you guys for having me here this morning. I'm glad you guys decided to come out and join us as well. Hold on one second. I'm sorry about that, guys. Yeah, that's like more than one text message. Hold on. Hello? Joe. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm, I'm kind of trying to teach right now. A little bit embarrassing, babe. You know, you kind of intro. Wow, a little embarrassed. Don't don't look at me like you guys don't get distracted sometimes. Don't do it. We all get distracted sometimes. Let me actually go ahead and silence my phone. Probably should turn this off. Put it in my pocket. We all get distracted sometimes. Is that correct? Right. And obviously that was all planned. Thank you, darling, for uh, playing along with me with that. Today we're talking about distractions. Distractions. Sometimes we get a little distracted. Some of us, we get distract, distracted most of the time or all the time, right? Some of us are really bad with staying focused. And so we're in week two, as I just said, of our Christmas series called Travel Light. And last week, Danny kicked it off as we talked about uh, letting go of all the stuff that just hold us back. And so the main point last week was this. We said the main takeaway, the main idea was that it is better to have less of what doesn't matter and more of what does. All right. We said it's better that we focus on gaining more of what matters and is having less of the things that don't matter. And so this series is all about all the pressure and how easy it is to get weighed down, especially during the holiday season with all the pressure and the stress that comes with the season. Right. The financial pressure, the relationship struggles and, 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 and expectations that are put on us and the regret that comes up all of a sudden, the wounds that just come all out during this holiday season, the failures that we, we, we've experienced or we feel we are, and all of that weighs on us even more so during this holiday season. The way we tend to feel, though, during this holiday season is something we said that God has never intended for us to carry. Right? God is actually calling us to do what? To let go of our baggage and travel light. To let it go. This is actually reminded me of a joke this week. Um, at the dinner table I had with my kids, we, ate, uh, we, we decided let's go tell some jokes. And so one of the jokes I told the children was, uh, why don't you give Elsa a balloon? Anyone know it? Because she's just going to let it go, let it go. Right? All right. So that dis distraction, distraction. That's going to be the last distraction, I hope. Why don't you guys help me to kind of stay back on track? Can we tell each other travel light? All right, thank you. Back on track. Back on track. Travel light. We all get distracted. Funny thing is, as Danny mentioned, man, during this uh, time of prepping for my message this week, um, I was distracted, obviously, throughout the time. Um, but one of the things that distracted me, I kind of remembered some videos that I've seen in YouTube. Uh, and I'm sure you guys have seen them before where you have these people walking down the street with their phone, right, and they're looking down, and boom, 
right into a pole, right? Or, or fall, flipping into a water fountain. Or even the, the, the funny ones where they fall into the open door cellars on the sidewalk, right? And down they go and like, oh my goodness. And the people walking by don't help, but they're laughing, right? How many of you have seen those videos before? If you haven't seen it, after service, don't whip out your phones now. Remember, we're talking about distraction. Don't get distracted. Let's stay on track. So after service, go ahead and Google those videos. Watch them on YouTube. It's really, really hard, guys, to stay focused. It's really hard. It's a battle, I would say, to stay focused. It's an actual fight. It's a real fight, especially living in New York City. Amen? Right? Especially where we live. And in your bulletins, you see the meaning of the word distraction. It's in your bulletins. If you've come in today and it's the first time you heard Danny, man, inside your bulletins, you'll find several things. But one of the things we love to give you are today's notes. All right? We love for you to follow along and, and, and just go with us as we uh, go through today's time together in the word. And so the meaning of the word distractions there actually comes from the Latin word. And it means this, a pulling apart, separating. And I like this last one, a drawing of the mind in different directions. A drawing of the mind in different directions. How many of us know how that feels like, right? Having your mind just kind of pulled in all different sorts of directions. How many of us can relate? It is tough to avoid that. But I want us to learn something today, that God's desire is not for us to be a people who are distracted. In fact, in Psalms 1, he says he wants us to be a people that are firmly planted, not tossed about every which way the wind blows. God's desire is for us to be a focused people. But it's hard. And the reality of why it's hard is this. Who's ready for it? The reality is this. We have an enemy that is at work that will do anything through distraction to keep you and I from having our eyes fixed on God. That is the reality. This is true in our lives every day, but again, perhaps during the holiday season, we see this even more. Why is this so? The enemy knows something about you and I. He knows that if he just keeps us distracted with the gifts, right, the holiday shopping, the Christmas lights, the preparations for family coming over and the dinners that we need to, to prepare for, all those gatherings are all not bad in itself. I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. But he understands that if he just keeps us distracted enough on those things that are good, then he, he has accomplished what he's set to do, keep our eyes off of God. He will, unfortunately for many of us, this will cause us to miss the meaning of the season. To miss the point that God loves us so much that he has sent his son to live amongst us. Taking on the form of man, born just like you and I, living and ultimately dying for us. If he can distract you, then you will lose focus on that amazing truth. And as a result, many of us will fail to ever live our lives surrendered to the beauty and the worship, and to worship our King Jesus. We will fail to live lives surrendered to him, all from just keeping us distracted. In your notes and on the, on, on the screen here, you see this. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can distract you. Just let that sink in for a moment. If he can distract you, then he can control you. And for many of us, these distractions are way too easy for our enemy. Just think about it, right? As Danny mentioned, how many of us go on the internet or, right, we sit down and we, we got this assignment to be done. This homework assignment is very important. We got to get it done. Or, or we're on our phones with our Bible app and we know we just want to spend time with the Lord in devotion. But all of a sudden, man, we're sidetracked. An ad pops up on the side, you know, like Best Buy, Super Sale, you know, 
the newest phone pops up, right? Or something as simple as some ridiculous uh, uh, ad that actually published something like this. I came across this one. Man wakes up to find dog chewed off his toes. An actual article. Ridiculous, but I clicked on it. Right? And how many of you would have been intrigued to click on that article? Or, or, I mean, come on, you can think of several of these ridiculous articles that just pop up that make no sense, right? But it's like, ooh, cool. And all of a sudden, you're sidetracked. Right? Or how about this one? I'm guilty of this one, guys. I'm guilty of all of these that I'm going to be sharing today. But on your phones, right, on Facebook, and all of a sudden, someone who you really don't care about, if you're honest, haven't seen the person in years, you don't you have no interest in reconnecting with the person, but you see something that they put in all you click on their face and you're just scrolling through like their entire like past five years. Oh, they had a kid. Oh sweet, okay. Right? And you just spend like five, ten minutes just scrolling through someone's feeds, reading things that you really do not care about, if you're honest. The devil doesn't need to destroy you if he can just simply distract you. And for many of us, again, these distractions keep us from living out the calling that God has for us. I want us to take an honest look at our lives and the distractions that allow us to get off track and keep us from focusing on what really matters during this holiday season. And so we're going to start off by reading and looking at this very powerful and deep story. It's between Jesus and two sisters. Some of us have heard this story before. But as we prepare to go into this, it's going to be in Luke chapter 10. It's in your bulletins as well. We'll just have the scripture will be shown up here, but follow along in your notes. I'm going to pray for us really quick and then go into our time together in God's word. Father God, thank you. Thank you for this moment right now, Father. Thank you for this moment, God. Lord, let us put aside everything right now that is distracting us from right now. That, God, we have the privilege, the honor, the, the amazing truth to be able to open up your word right now. To read from your word, God, that is living and active. Your word that you've given us to reveal who you are and to reveal who we are and our need for you, God. And so my prayer with my brothers and sisters and my friends this morning is that you allow us to put aside all things, Lord, that will distract us from worshiping you as we go into your word this morning, God. We ask that you be glorified, that you be honored. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Luke chapter 10, we're going to read verses 38 to 42. I'll go ahead and read that for us, but it's in your bulletins if you wish to follow along. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary? Mary has chosen what is better? Mary? What is Jesus getting at? I love the response that Jesus gave to Martha because Jesus is not telling Martha, Martha, you are wrong, you are bad, what are you doing, you're way off track. He does not say that at all to Martha. All he says to Martha is this, he says, Mary has chosen what is better. He's telling us that what Martha has done is not a bad thing. He's, she's making the preparations for dinner. We should be grateful for the Marthas in our lives who are in the kitchen getting things done, right? right? We should be grateful for those people. Mm -hmm. I heard that. We should. 
We should be grateful for the Martha's. Martha, the scripture tells us, is doing the preparation that had to be made. It had to be done. And so she's working hard. And so Jesus is not telling Martha, man, you are off track. You're, you're wrong in this. But in all honesty, he's just telling her, Martha, that's good stuff. But you're just, you're just choosing. You're missing what's best right now. What is better? And if I could be honest, my reactions, my, the way I would act in response to Jesus coming to my home would be just like Martha's, right? I mean, I hosted, my wife and I hosted uh, one of the life groups this last semester. And every Thursday when I came home from work, I went straight to the kitchen to help my wife as best as I can. She was already hard at work. The house was pretty much clean already. But I went straight at helping her whatever needed to be done, setting up the table, making sure the snacks are ready, uh, making sure there's notes for, to hand out to, to, to all our family and guests that were coming over, making sure that was ready, right? And, and I've done all, I, we did all this. We put all this effort, all this work, all this preparation because we love you guys. We love our family and our friends at Swerve that are coming over. And we want to make sure that everything is done so that you guys and so we can enjoy our time of fellowship. But if I would do that for you and I as much as I love you, I can't imagine if I knew Jesus was coming to my home and how flipped out I would be, right? How much more of my preparations, how much greater, like how, it, it would be insane, right? So Martha's working hard, really hard to prepare Everything, making sure Jesus' visit was just a great time. And so she's running back and forth, that picture, to the kitchen, right, making sure, that, again, the drinks are there, the sandwiches are full, you know, the snacks that are running low, the chips are, you know, filled up back up. In the, and she's going back and forth. Whatever she's doing, we know that she's distracted by it all. And I like to think probably she's actually feeling this pressure, this unnecessary pressure that God has never intended, that Jesus doesn't even want her to focus and to have that moment. She's feeling this pressure. The hint is because she gets upset. She gets angry that Mary is not there helping her. And she tells Jesus, can't you just tell her to help me? She's feeling that pressure, and I believe this is the same pressure you and I so many times face, right? We feel this pressure that, man, God is always rating my performance. Jesus is here. He's, he's watching how much I'm doing. My performance means something. How much can I do for him? And that's that same unnecessary pressure that God has never placed on you and I. Remember, he has never came, he has not come so that you and I can serve him. He came to serve us. Right? He, his intentions are not so that we can do more stuff for him. And Martha is just doing, and, and it's a good intention, but it's not what's best. It's not what's best. And Jesus responds again, Martha, Martha. I love that twice. Right? Martha, Martha. You see Jesus kind of shaking his head. Martha, I love you. Yeah, thank you. You're doing such a good work. But I just want you to sit down right now. Mary has chosen what is better. You're distracted by all this pressure. All this pressure that's I don't I don't want for you. Martha's heart was in the right place. And during the holiday season, for us, many of us, our hearts are in the right place. Right? Good stuff like buying gifts and giving gifts to family and friends. Those are good things. Our heart is in the right place. Making sure we have a, a, a great, you know, big dinner or, you know, making sure that everything is great. So as we go over to our family's homes or they come to us, and those, our hearts are in the right place. Right? Baking. Uh, my wife and my daughter love to bake. So baking for family and friends, the heart is in the right place. But why then, though, like Martha, we, in those moments, we tend to get stressed and anxious. Right? You feel it, kind of, the anxiety and the stress. Or being overworked and discouraged. Or even like Martha, sometimes we get upset. Could Jesus be telling you as he did to Martha, you're simply distracted by what's good, but not best. Hear this truth. It's in your notes as well. In fact, it's going to be on the screen. Why don't we read this one together? Is it up there? All right, let's go ahead and read this one together. So often, the most difficult choices are... 
good and bad, but between good and best. Not between good and bad, but between good and best. See, the hustle and bustle, don't know how to see all the, 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 the chaos and the moving around. Sometimes, like Martha, we feel like we're racing at 100 miles per hour. So much to do, so much that needs to be done. But the entire point of that party was to sit and to have an opportunity to be with Jesus. And that's the invitation for you and I this holiday season, for us to take a break from all that hustling and to recognize that Jesus is the main attraction of the season. Let's just say that. Stop and recognize Stop and recognize that Jesus is the main attraction of the season. Amen. That's the invitation. But now I want us to look at some more practical ways as we go into the meat of our notes here today. How can we eliminate then all the distractions in order to choose, like Mary, what is best? So that's what we're going to spend the rest of our time with. All right, how do we choose what is better? And so the first thing I want us to discuss is this. Number one in your notes, diminish the distractions. I want us, I want to, diminish or lessen the distractions all around us. And again, it's almost nearly impossible, we say, in New York City, right? But can we diminish, can we lessen distractions? Because some of them aren't bad, but what we're looking for again, what is best? What is better? How can we distance ourselves then from all these things that are calling out for our time and our attention? I like in the letter uh, to the Church of Corinth, the Apostle Paul all right, he addresses in his letter several different hot topics, but in the context of what we're going to read, he's actually addressing marriage and relationships. So that's the context. Let's keep that in mind. That's the context of this text that we're going to read in a second. It's relationships and marriage. However, I think the principle of what Paul is teaching here to the church can be applied to our lives and to most situations. All right, When you study the Word of God, you want to look at what the context is, but you also want to see, okay, is it a principle that we see established elsewhere throughout Scripture that can be, be applied? So this way we're not, we're not taking it out of context. Is it applied elsewhere? Is a principle something we can apply to our lives today? So this is one of those situations where Paul is speaking about marriage and relationships, but what he's teaching is something that you and I can learn in this situation as well. All right, so take a look at it here. It's in your notes. It's also on the screen. It's in 1 Corinthians 7.35. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best with as few distractions possible. Paul is simply giving advice here to the church. Can we take some advice? Do whatever you need to do. Do whatever it is that will help you serve the Lord best. He's not saying that, hey, do this or you're going to go to hell. That's not what he's saying. He's not saying, oh, I'm, I'm doing this to, you know, to restrict you. You got to just stay focused right here. He's giving his advice. I want to give us some advice today. Can we, during the holiday season, diminish our distractions by spending less time on Amazon, at the shopping mall, or in the kitchen? All right, let's not settle for what society is saying. Hey, this is what it's all about. This is the good stuff. But can we reflect on what God has given us, his one and only son? Why is that not your average gift? John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but what? Have everlasting life. This is not your average gift that God has given us. The holiday season should give us life. But at the end of the holiday season, most of us or some of us want a long vacation, right? A long vacation that we cannot afford now because we got to pay off the debt from the credit card, right? Some of us, like me, it's not the bank account maybe that's taking a hit, but it's our 
you know, our lovely bodies uh, taking the hit. And, and so now after the holiday season, I'm stressing about what the next diet I'm going to torture myself on. You know, how many times I'm going to be able to get to the gym. Or for some of you, man, maybe more you're serious. A serious matter. It's not, it's not the, the, the depth. It's not your, your fatigue. It's none of that. But it's just the painful relational scars that this holiday season brings up that's very real. That's very real to you. And everything this holiday season is not giving you life. The invitation is to, though distractions are many, Jesus is still best. Some distractions will remain. Some of them will remain. But can we work at diminishing the distractions? Or as Paul put it this way, serve the Lord best with as few distractions possible. With as few distractions as possible. Coming in today, my wife actually showed me on her screen uh, the iPhone. Any iPhone users? All right, you guys are really safe. The rest of you are not safe. Um, <laughs> iPhone, right, they have this new thing now where you can actually, they record your week's time on the screen, right? And my wife shows me, husband, she, has, she shows her pride. Look at this, it decreased by, what, 67%? I was like, yeah, because, you know, never mind. <laughs> and and, and it's, it actually, and it's kind of scary, right? It, it kind of records how much time we spend on our phones. You know, a little research done, right? A little research shows us that most of us, the average person, spends about two hours a day on social media. Well, not too bad, right? Yeah. Add that up for most of us as young. By the time we're done, seven years of our life has been spent just looking through our phones. Seven full years of our lives spent on our phones. Checking to see who commented on my picture. Who really loves me because they put the little emoji heart on, the, on my picture, on my selfie. Right? Seven years. The Christmas season reminds us this. It reminds us that your life is too valuable to be wasted. Your life is so valuable that God sends his son to live again amongst us, to become one of us, to be born, not as a king, not one like I wanted to lose a king, but in a major to grow up in a town called Nazareth where nothing good ever comes out of. That's how valuable you and I are. And that he came to willingly lay down his life on that cross. Why? Because your life is valuable. Don't waste it on Facebook. Seven years of our lives diminish our distractions. Diminish our distractions. We, we can do that, right, by just figuring out hey, what, is, what is not good, but we're looking at what is best. Ask yourself that question. So many times, man, even when dealing with sin and I get questions, is this wrong, is this sinful? And so many times the answer is not whether you're looking at the wrong thing. Is it best for you right now? Is it best? We need to diminish our distractions. And for some of our distractions, we actually need to treat them like they're temptations of sin. We have to treat some of our distractions as temptations to sin. What we have to do to this temptation to sin is say this, is say, stay away. I love how King Solomon, he talks about temptation of an immoral woman, and it's in your notes and on the screen in a second. He says this about that temptation. He says, stay away from her. Louder. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of the house. Just stay away. Don't even invite her in for a drink. Keep that distraction as far away from you as possible. Credit cards, put them away. Husbands, take them from your wives right now. Lock them up. Throw them out. Nah, 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 nah. I'm preaching here. For those of us who are looking to date in the dating game, stay away from that cute boy or cute girl who you know is far from Jesus. Stay away. You know that leading down that direction is not going to pull you closer to the Lord, but only drive you further away. If it's not going to help you serve and worship King Jesus, simply not best. 
to help us choose what's best, number one, we need to diminish our distractions. And second in our notes, I want us to focus on the important. Focus on the important. I love it. I love how it's put in Proverbs. Again, it's in your notes. It's on the screen. In Proverbs 25 and 26, it says, set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. Watch where you're going. Stick to the path of truth, and the road will be safe and smooth before you. Don't look at the distractions all around us, but focus on what's in, what's in front of us. Focus on what's important. But again, it's not easy, and that's why the proverb says, set your gaze with fixed purpose. Ignore the distractions. And it's not easy. We know it. Jesus knows it's not easy for you. And that's why he said, cast our burdens on him. That's why he has promised that he is with us. That he would never leave us or forsake us. That's why he came as Emmanuel, God, with us. He is with you. Do you believe that he is with you today? Let's focus on that truth. Let's focus on that and not allow the distractions cause us to sink. And probably you feel that way today. You're sitting here and you feel like life has just gone out of control and you're sinking. There's a story, right, in the Bible where the, the, the disciples are out in a boat and, and they see something at a distance and they're frightened and they think it's a ghost and they realize it's Jesus and so they call out and Jesus and Peter's there on the boat and Peter wants to go to Jesus and Jesus says come on out and Peter Jesus walking on water gets out of the boat and he's now walking on water and he's eyes on Jesus and one step closer eyes on Jesus another step eyes on Jesus but then those of you who know the story what does he do oh my goodness the waves the wind it is he comes distracted and sees all the stuff and the danger around him and he begins to sink. He begins to sink. Because his eyes were no longer fixed on Jesus, he began to sink. Some of us are sinking because we're so distracted and our eyes are just not on Jesus. Scripture says, fix your gaze on him. Fix with, with fixed purpose. Gaze your eyes on him. Get your eyes back on Jesus. If you've already taken your eyes off and you're like, oh, too late, burials. My eyes are off Jesus. I can't get back on. Call out to him. It is not too late. Peter calls out to Jesus. He reaches out his hand and takes hold of him. Get your eyes back on Jesus. Put your focus back on Jesus. Proverbs 4.27, don't allow yourself to be sidetracked for even a moment or take the detour that leads to darkness. Let that speak to you. You can focus on what's important when you don't allow even for a moment for you to be sidetracked, taken in a million one directions. Focus on the important stuff. Ask yourself what is truly important then to me. An example, my family is really important to me. And so I prioritize spending time with them. And so when I'm planning for any event or ministry opportunities or, you know, even phone calls with, with Danny or anyone, you know, I want to look at my schedule. I want to make sure I'm scheduling that time that's supposed to be for my family. And I do this with my wife intentionally because that's important to me. Focus on what's important. Also of great importance is obviously my relationship with God to see my faith grow. And so I ask myself, what is good, what is not just good, but what is best that's going to help me draw closer to him? Focus on him. Focus on him. We need to be super intentional like that, guys. We need to be intentional in choosing what is most important. Because remember, the enemy's out there, right? And he's looking for everything and anything in his power to not necessarily destroy you, but to distract you. But as Proverbs said, don't allow even for a moment for you to be sidetracked or take the detour that leads to darkness. Number one, we're going to choose what is best or better by diminishing the distractions. Number two, focusing on what's important. And the last thing for today is three, listen to the voice of God. 
listen to the voice of God. With everything in us, this is a fight. Fight on. Listen to the voice of God. So much screaming for our attention, but we must choose to listen to the voice of God. He does speak. He does speak. Do you believe that? You might say again, Barrios, I I believe it, but I I just haven't figured out how does he speak. Because I'm waiting for that voice and I don't hear anything. I want us to look at Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. When you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. That's a really, really cool verse. If you're listening to the voice of God, he will direct your path. He would whisper things like that. Hey, hey, let's, let's go this way. This is best. This is best. And that amazes me that God Almighty will care to direct my path. Who wants that in their life? There's a couple ways we can hear from the voice of God. Prayer. Prayer. Spend time with him in prayer. Stop what you're doing. Diminish the distraction. Focus on what's important. Listen for the voice of God. How else can we listen to the voice of God? Prayer is one, too. Simply open up the word of God. Open up scripture. Read the words of God. Read the words that he has spoken to us, and he speaks through his word. He also speaks through others. So sit under wise counsel. Sometimes we just got to listen to what our pastor says. We gotta listen to our wives, we gotta listen to our husbands, we gotta listen to the people that God has placed around us who are wise and following after Him as well. God also speaks through circumstances in our lives. And the last one I wanted to add this last night as I was preparing this is He speaks to us through our children. And I added this one last night because, man, yesterday we had, my wife had an appointment. We went as a family to their appointment early in the morning. It was kind of a rough morning, um, it was early. And so afterwards we said, let's just go and let's sit somewhere nice and let's have some uh, lunch or breakfast. And so we went to IHOPs, and I'm telling you, the moment we sat in there, the argument started. The battle for the crayons, right? They gave you the crayons. Who's going to take this crayon? I want that color. It only came with green. I want red. And then the bickering started over. Why does she get to order that, and I don't get to have that? Why can't I have this? I want what they have. Oh, can I change my order now? And then talking from the moment we sat down, and you guys know me. I love being a dad. I love it. But at that moment, I told my wife, she would tell you, I'm not feeling this right now. (laughs) I'm not feeling this, God. This is hard. I'm not even sure if I can say I love being a dad right now. I, I kind of did not. Like, it was rough. It was rough. And then we go, you know, we go, and then this is in the restaurant, right? And so you, you, everyone around you just wants to eat, right? But your kids are louder than, like, the zoo, and it's really hard. And then you go back home, and it's the same volume, right, extremely high. That exists in my, in my house. It's extremely high. That's the volume. And, and, and I'm, like, had it, right? And then my kids are arguing over something silly again. Boom, there it is. I heard, I heard the strong conviction that God was speaking to me through my children this season of life. I said, yeah, I hear you. You want to be alone with your wife. That day is coming. But there will also be a day where you're going to regret or you're going to miss. You're going to miss the noise. You're going to miss your children being around. You're going to miss those moments. No, God. So we need to listen to that voice where God convicts, God teaches, God um, um, just steps in and hits you with truth. And he spoke to me in that, that time. And, and so we just need to be open, be open to the voice of God. Remember that your life is too valuable for it to be wasted in every direction, but he's Emmanuel and he will guide you and he is with you. Our Savior's birth was, is, is so important for us because it reminds us that his birth was a humbled one. That God created all things and controls all things so much so that he lowered himself down to us. 
And he came to us to make himself available to us, to be with us. Not to restrict you, but to free us. Not to condemn us, but to forgive us. Not to establish barriers and walls, but to break down walls. And so this Christmas, let's focus on diminishing all the distractions. Focus on what's important and listen for the voice of God. Because he's come to be with us. And again, he's came ultimately to die for us. To redeem us through, the death, through his death on the cross and his resurrection from the grave. See, when Jesus died on the cross, he did not stay buried in that grave. But he rose from the grave. Because guess what? He is God and he rules over life and death. And he has given us now that, that awesome uh, a gift to be able to, through him, also have victory over death and to enjoy new life with him. But the Bible says you just need to repent of your sins. It means turn from it. Surrender it. Listen to the voice of God. Place your trust in him as your savior and as your Lord. Let's diminish our distractions. Focus on what's important, and let's listen for the voice of God. Can we pray? God, we thank you, Father, for this amazing time to be spent in your word together, Lord. God, there's so much going on in our lives, Lord. We are busy people, but God, we're never too busy to stop and to pray. God, it takes work, and so my prayers for my brothers and sisters, my friends and family here today, God, that you enable us to stop to focus on what's important and what's best, God, to hear your voice and to enjoy the beauty of this season that my God and our God came down to us. So God, help us to worship you this Christmas season. Help us to worship you throughout our lives and to live surrendered lives for you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.